Right, uh, now we're going to head to Ukraine. It's been two months since Ukraine's forces launched their long-awaited counter-offensive aimed at pushing the uh, invading Russian forces out of the areas they've seized. The UK, the US, other Western nations invested heavily in these efforts, donating billions of dollars of military equipment and training soldiers. So, two months on, how is Ukraine coping against the formidable Russian defences? Well, the BBC's security correspondent, Frank Gardner, has teamed up with the BBC Verify team to assess what progress is being made. Right, so this is what the map looks like 18 months on after the full-scale Russian invasion last year. If it looks familiar, that's because it is. It really hasn't changed that much since last November, with the Russian-occupied areas shaded in red. Now, in order for Ukraine's counteroffensive to succeed, it needs to cut the Russian area in two. Now, earlier this summer, in early June, south of the city, the town of Orekhiv, there was a battle. The Russian defensive lines were in black here. Let's have a zoom in and look. Here you can see the Russian defensive lines, heavily mined, interspersed trenches, artillery, bunkers. Very hard for Ukraine to get through all of that. This verified drone footage here shows what happened when a Ukrainian armored patrol ran into a minefield. Some of the close-up stuff is frankly too graphic to show. But the point is that these minefields and Russian defenses are so heavy, they're so intense, that it makes it very slow going for the Ukrainians to advance southwards. And the Russians have been quite innovative in some of the things they've done. So this, for example, is their TM-62 anti-tank mine. Now, some of Ukraine's armor will withstand a strike by one of these, but not by two. So what do the Russians do? They're putting two of them, one on top of another, to blow up through the hull of an Ukrainian armored vehicle. And this footage here shows a whole bunch of these Russian anti-tank mines that have disabled a Western-supplied tank. Another weapon that the Russians are using very effectively is the Alligator, the Ka-52 attack helicopter. So given all these factors, how successful could this counteroffensive actually be? The Ukrainian forces wanted to retake all the occupied territories, including Crimea. I do not think that that will happen anytime soon. What Ukraine does have in its favor, though, is some very powerful Western-supplied weaponry, such as, for example, the Storm Shadow long-range missile, British-supplied. And these are allowing Ukraine to hit distant targets, trying to undermine Russia's defenses from within. But you know, the problem here is that all of this takes time, and that's a luxury Ukraine doesn't have. Within three months, the rainy season will have arrived, turning a lot of the roads into mud, making it difficult for Ukraine to advance. Frank Gardner, BBC News. And earlier, I spoke to uh, Mick Ryan, retired Major General in the Australian Army and an adjunct fellow at the Centre for Strategic and International Studies. So far, the Ukrainians are making progress. It's slow and grinding progress. But we should also remember that this is not one offensive in the south. This is a series of campaigns in the south and in the east where it's making more progress around Bakhmut. It's running a defensive campaign further north in Luhansk against a Russian offensive. And it's also defending its skies as well as conducting a naval offensive in the Black Sea. So overall, the Ukrainians are doing OK. But, you know, this is going to take time. 
And we should be very careful about assigning fake timelines to something that's deadly and time consuming. Be wary of timelines, but what about the idea of dominance in the air, air power? And I remember speaking to Ukrainian officials in the lead up to the counteroffensive, and it was very clear that they felt they just didn't have time to wait for that, uh, however much they would have wanted it. Um, leaving aside the kind of that decision, give us a flavour of how critical, how important superiority in the air could be. Well, it's, it's not a wonder weapon and not a silver bullet, but it is important if you want to prevent your ground forces from being attacked. Uh, and clearly there are some challenges with that, as the previous report noted, with the KA-52 uh, attack helicopters. Uh, but at the end of the day, no campaign is uh, conducted at the perfect time. There's no perfect preparation. And, and the timing is a combination of politics and, and military preparedness. Uh, this campaign will go through till the muddy season and then we need to be prepared for further campaigns in 2024 and beyond. Well, let, let, let's focus for a second on the weather. Um, talk us through, uh, as we head into the months ahead now, what difference it makes, how it changes strategy and capabilities. Well, at the moment, you're seeing reasonably dry weather. You're seeing a lot of growth uh, and undergrowth, which is hiding minefields. And it does make things more difficult on the ground if you're breaching through minefields. As we get towards uh, the winter months with rains, that makes cross-country mobility difficult. It makes logistics even more difficult. Uh, so we really need to think about how do we support Ukraine now? How do we support them across the winter months and then into 2024 as well? Our thanks to Mick Ryan for that.